Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Always great to be with you. And uh, our guest is speaking to us all the way from Hawaii. I'm better, better me than him. I'm, I'm envious. Bob Kudla is our guest from Trade Genius, and uh, there's good news. The market may be in chaos, but if you know what you're doing, this is the time you're going to make a lot of money. And we're going to get into world politics. We're going to talk about what's going on in Europe, and the European Union's trying to strong arm its uh, sovereign members uh, into only electing candidates they approve of. Um, but a Donald Trump female. Just got elect, or is just about to get elected in Italy. Uh, Hungary is uh, saying up your nose with a rubber hose to the EU, and uh, Sweden uh, went their own way and went hard right. And so, Bob, there's a lot going on right now. I mean, since we last talked two weeks ago, it's like the whole world's turning upside down. Well, I like to say the world was upside down, and I think some of it's now turning right side up, Dave. Okay, okay. I like that. uh, I like that better. That's a good analogy. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, you and I talked about this for years, you know, know, and it's frustrating for me because I guess maybe I'm an optimist, and uh, I just know that the left and globalists and authoritarians always overreach. And, you know, since there's still enough freedom left in the world, the voices are being heard, and so you have, uh, you know, and I put this, I put the start of this thing, um, of this renaissance, if you will, at the Virginia election, and if you just bear me a bit of a monologue here, is that the left was became so arrogant, and I think in the United States thought they were so much in control that they, they just unleashed a lot of very crazy people and crazy ideas, and I have a philosophy among a number of that I have that that I think is very important is that things don't matter to people until they matter to yeah, people. Exactly. And 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 then all of a sudden with the pandemic, which the left has caused uh, in terms of not the pandemic itself, but the response is that people were now watching what their kids were learning in school, and I think they all had a collective heart attack. And that brought in Virginia and the big, big, big first switch over, and then we then we kind of slide over actually not to Europe but we slide over into Japan, and they tried they killed uh, Abe thinking that they're going to take out a far right politician and they, and in fact the election he became a martyr and the election became a referendum on him, and now Japan political system went right, but it went right far enough where they can actually change the constitution if they choose. And then we flip over to Europe where they've been living this absolute, you know, hellhole of, of leftist ideas now for better part of 15 years. And I think people have now, they've reached a breaking point. So Sweden went hard right. Uh, England got rid of Boris Johnson and they brought in somebody. Now, maybe she's a left person, but she's saying and doing all the right things so far. And then you have the Italian election. And if, if people, I encourage you to listen to her 90-second speech. She summed up so eloquently of of what we've been trying to articulate, of what we're up against and why we're up against and what this enemy looks like. And it's awesome, and I'm, I'll spare everybody there. Just go listen to it. But basically, you know, it's it's either you're a human 
or you're um, or you're uh, basically an, an an asset to be mined, and uh, and just just beautiful language and rhetoric. And now you know we're rolling over into the um, into the United States now, and Benny. You know, barring any unforeseen anomalies, uh, I think we're going to have an incredible red wave. Uh, Biden can't get out of his own way. Uh, and I think they really screwed up the way in which they approached the Russia thing. Now, look, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not pro-Russian. My family came from Czechoslovakia. We hate the Soviets. We hate the Russians. We hate all that stuff. However, I separate my feelings against the geopolitics of it. And I think we, we missed an opportunity bringing Russia into our orbit and we created an unnecessary enemy now. And basically we, we pushed this issue since 2014. And I know you want to talk about that a little bit more. And so, you know, now a situation where they, where Europe now is trapped and the United States, um, is now again in a situation where, you know, we're, we're trapped by our own rhetoric now. We have to, we keep up the ante every time Putin ups the ante. And I think, uh, that's the big unknown for me that may turn the right side ship back upside down because, you know, we don't know what's in the mind of a man who's in his seventies. Look, we have a man, we have a president right now that's losing his marbles. We have no idea how stable Putin is mentally and emotionally, and he's an authoritarian, and so that makes him even more difficult to gauge, and he made something really stupid. Very, very interesting. I do agree, and he, he could have cancer. Those are the rumors, and that adds to his desperation level. So, uh, you know, how is he going to react? But I, I still hold to the notion that... Um, the oligarchs, the natural gas oligarchs, which are very powerful in Russia, and uh, they almost took him out of power a decade ago, uh, are they going to put up with indefinite war that endangers their profits of shipping natural gas into Europe? Hmm. Yeah, to me, I, I have no insight there. I think at some point, <clears throat> Russia... Um, that assets become a liability because they require they um, relied so heavily on on you know Western technology to uh, to maintain and to enhance their their oil fields. So at some point, their production is going to collapse just because out of neglect, just like any other country. You look at Venezuela, right? They have most most oil anything untapped in the world. They can't get it out of the ground. They can't refine it because they the corruption and the uh, technology is not there. So I think at some point he's going to have to pivot. And um, and I know we're probably putting a lot of pressure on China and India right now to uh, to force his hand. And I know you something you told me to pre-show here about. I read I read that rumor too. I just don't know how to how to assess it, but uh, yeah, same that there was an attempt to. Um, create a facts on the ground, if you will, and and the United States blew it up. Yeah. Well, I, I, to me, Ukraine, um, I would have been silly not to try to get that over with as quickly as possible. And so I believe it from that end. And then Russia, well, if they could get what they want, you know, lessen the power of NATO, stop the missiles from being pointed at Moscow, which they were upset about. Uh, they, they would have been motivated to move on this as well, and certainly the oligarchs would have been happy, and Putin would have looked like uh, he's done something foreign policy-wise to his base in Russia. So, And now he's faced with having a draft, mobilizing troops. There's riots in, in, uh, in Russia. People are leaving Moscow in droves, believing there's going to be a war. I mean, it's a mess over there. Yeah, and, um, you know, but don't underestimate... Russia's ability to cause Ukraine and and Western Europe great pain here. You know, um, that mobilization is basically to try to create facts on the ground of uh, they're just going to flood the zone in Luhansk and Donetsk and, and Crimea. And, um, you know, and, and Russia may, look, 
Russia doesn't have to take any more land in Ukraine, but they can pump a lot of strategic missiles into the Ukrainian infrastructure and say, America, you want to rebuild Ukraine? Here you go. I'll create a $100 billion mess on your hands. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm sure those are the behind-the-scenes things that are happening. And the other thing, too, people, we don't have an unlimited, you know, this isn't like Candy Crush where you can just go out there and you can just buy more missiles. You know, these things take a long time to to manufacture and we, we drew down our stockpiles of, of a lot of weapons. And so we're putting ourselves in, in, in a bit of a problem. So we just can't just keep shipping stuff over to, uh, to Ukraine ad infinitum. And Zelensky, he's a nut. You know, I mean, talk about you know, a millennial leader. I mean, it's all about him 100% of the time. You know, he's the George Bush junior of our age. You're either with me or against me kind of rhetoric and, and, you know, it doesn't cost him anything to get money out of us, you know, and 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 out of Europe. So I think at some point, everybody's going to have to come to their senses and say, hey, we, we've got a bit of a stalemate here. Russia's not going to leave this land. And if America doesn't have the weaponry to continue to keep providing to Ukraine, then he can't advance. And, you know, so Russia might be playing a little rope-a-dope here waiting for us to shoot ourselves out of missiles. You know, that's that's actually a military strategy, right? You know, you, you absorb you absorb the blow and then you have weapons in reserve then to counterattack. And that is the Russian model. You know, they, they will absorb a blow for you to shoot yourself out. And then they have now what, three hundred thousand people to pour across the border. So this this game's not over yet. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think uh, the, one of the surest ways for a leader to stay in power is to start a war. At least that's what history teaches us. So the, the, this, we're at a real dangerous point right now. Well, I want to pivot just for a second. I know we're going to come back to this, but we're looking here domestically at the stock market, and uh, there's a lot of instability with traditional investing. Uh, I put it that way. Uh, with the volatility, I know that there's people that are probably making a lot of money, including yourself. But how do these world events tie into the market right now? What's the relationship? Well, the world events are really a reflection of of where we are economically. So we're at a point now where we took financialization and mercantilism to the to its extremes and what i mean by that is they basically pushed the the paper money approach um and the soft dollar approach basically you know we've been buying friends around the world so everybody uses our dollar right mm-hmm. and so that got to a point where it just was no longer tenable and we drove interest rates down to the ground which was no longer tenable, and we spent deficit spent. And when I mean we, I'm talking about the worldwide we to to the end. So we're, right now we're at a what's you know basically a sovereign we're at a sovereign debt crisis, and and so you know how you we always talk about how they manipulate the gold market and the comics and all that stuff. Well, this was a worldwide event. You know they're basically using cheap dollars and 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 paper naked selling to try to suppress oil, try to suppress commodities. And the people who own the commodities finally said, you know what? No. Uh, these are my these are my assets. You're not getting them for free using fake money. And so I think that's, that's what's causing now this whole round here. You know, Thomas Friedman's the uh, flat earth is gone. So you're going to see... Um, I like that. You're going to see the end of... Um, uh, you're seeing the, the end of globalization. And so now, you know, you're going to only buy the things you have to buy. You're only going to sell the things that you have to sell, and you're going to get your top dollar for it. And the net effect of that is it causes the dollar. There's a pyramid called the Exeter's, um, Exeter's Reverse Pyramid. I just Google it, everybody. It basically just shows you how the financial system winds all the way down until you get to the point where there's only gold, Right. Now, you can put Bitcoin in the same thing as gold, the same thing as what's a non-liability asset. And we're at a point now where uh, up until this year is that uh, what was, you had, you had the stock market, then below the stock market you had the U.S. Treasuries, and below that you have the dollar, and below that you have gold. 
well, in the last three years, the stock market and now the sovereign bond markets are, are now considered liabilities that you don't want to own. And so now that's being forced down into the dollar. Look at the dollar. I mean, it's, it's up like 30%. It's trading like a crypto altcoin, right? And and because now everybody's bailing out of their currencies that are worthless and, bail, and bailing into the U.S. dollar. That's going to go for a while. Once you start seeing dollar and gold go together, then it's it's basically lights out for the for the sovereign. Um, and that's why they're so desperate to try to create this digital currency. They're trying to they're trying to get in front of this thing because with a digital currency, then they can basically force you to spend. They can they can force your taxation. They can do a lot of things by by force. They don't have to rely on your compliance anymore or your or your um, you know, basically Adam Smith's invisible hand uh-huh. because only the politicians really, they have the biggest liability, right? So they're going to try to keep power by basically sucking every dollar you have to maintain their power. So that's kind of where we are. And we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time now i don't want to lean into that because i don't i don't know if they're going to make it this time with all the ways happening with all the elections but from a micro standpoint where we are is that you know we've seen this coming now for months and months and months and you know we look at probabilities when we trade and september was just it was just a perfect setup for us and so, um, believe it or not, this 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 fever will break here in the next, may even break tomorrow. We're talking Monday, may even break tomorrow going into the fourth quarter because the markets still operate on seasonal. So there'll be a snapback rally probably coming in the next, you know, starting tomorrow, maybe even over the next six to ten weeks going into the election. And, and uh, but, you know, energy is maintaining its power financial markets are going to are going to be subsumed by commodities dave so that's why whenever we talk i'm always talking in that vein here i'm always looking to add in fact i bought a coal stock this morning btu they're, they're making so much cash right now they're going out of debt and and then they're going to be able to do some really cool things i'm, I'm shorting the biggest 
the highest price to sales companies out there like Snowflake and Datadog and and Bill Pay. These companies are just outrageously expensive. You can't justify it. So those are things that we're doing. If you don't mind me doing a quick plug, we we uh, um, you know we've created these bundles, but what we've done is is that we've used probabilities, we use our algorithms. And I sent you a bunch of attaboys, hopefully you can share them with people. We, we've also released our bot. And this bot really is just searches our watch list for us. And then we present trade ideas out to our clients uh, based on our algorithm. So we're able to take it one step further now and be able to present these to our clients. And we've had some life-changing um, trades here for people over the last three weeks because our bot doesn't care about my feelings or my thoughts. You know, we know our bot works because we've been training it for a long time and now we're able to present this information out to people and they can take advantage of trades that, you know, I as one person have to scroll through, you know, watch list to find while our bot does all the work for us and presents it out now. And it's just been absolutely spectacular. I did a trade just before I got on with you this morning. I sent you that out of boy. Right. Our bot told us to go from short apple to long apple. And and I even put how much money I made on the trade, and I, I put that out there for people. That was all in one hour, Dave, from six thirty this morning, uh, West Coast time, to seven thirty, basically fifteen hundred dollars. And I and I was able to put that trade out to my subscribers, and and you saw some coming back to me just thanking me for that. So we're able to do this over and over and over and over again now. It's just incredible. And so if you want to trade with us, you can just go to tradelikeagenius.com, check out our bundles. Uh, Dave has the details down below. 50% off anything unbundled. Uh, but if you get a bundle, it's already pre-discounted 65% off, and you have till Saturday. I don't know what day that is because I'm in Hawaii, and I shouldn't be working right now, but but you can look it up. I think it's, what, the, the 30th or the 1st or something like that. So check us out, tradelikeagenius.com. I think you'll love what we're doing. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, but you went so fast here. I've got some questions because people are going to ask questions. Um, the bundled, non-bundled, the way you get into Trade Genius is to do the training. It's really pretty easy. It's uh, just a bunch of vignettes, and the non-bundled and bundled are related to that. Is that right? Yeah, so the bundled item is we took together things that we think people would like to get packaged together. And so it's stocks, it's crypto. You can you can trade options with us, futures with us, and just get training. So we bundle those up. There's seven of them, and then you can pick and choose which bundle works for you. They're already pre-discounted, 65% off. The prices are a bargain. I mean, what, if people followed my trade this morning, they would have paid for almost, almost the most expensive bundle in one day. <laughs> and then the non-bundled items are just you can just pick and choose in the store. I just want signals. I just want... I just want training. Uh, I, I want to go monthly instead of annually, that kind of stuff. And then you can just pick and choose what you want. Okay. Well, that's, um, it sounds like a great deal. So uh, I, here's the obvious question. What is it that you're doing that the other traders are not, and they're losing their butts, and you guys are making record profits? What's the difference? Yeah, I don't know what they're doing wrong, but I will tell you that, you know, our view has always been is that uh, the market is the market is not mysterious. So there are rules to the market, rules to making money, and we've just basically codified those rules. And and you have to also know the seasons. Right? You don't you don't go out in winter in Minneapolis with a t-shirt on, right? So you have to know kind of what time of the year you are and what what day of the week you are. What day in the month you are, uh, where you are in the political election cycle, all those things factor in. And we ha- we have all that data. And we've codified all that information. And so that is our backdrop going into today. Like on Friday, the market was crashing, as you know. And we just said, you know, going into Monday, into this next week, you know, there's a good chance this market's going to probably uh, attempt to do what's called a market squeeze. And so, you know, we started closing off some of our short positions and we positioned ourselves for an early morning squeeze. And the market, you know, accommodated that because that's the probabilities. And so that's all we do, Dave. And then what we did was we took it out of our personal judgments because humans are fallible. And we just went ahead and, and we created these data bots that 
just present us with the information saying, hey, it's this day of the week, this is what you need to do, and and you want to trade against that, then you know your chances are you're going to lose money. So we just go with the hybrid probability trades. The other thing, too, is what we beat probably – you know, bigger players is that because we're nimble. You know, I'm not stuck with a with a risk officer. I'm not stuck with a with a, you know uh, an SEC um, d- document that I gave out that I have to follow to my clients. You know, I'm just an information provider. What do you mean by that? Let's 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 contrast that. You're saying yeah. So like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give like Kathy Ark. Everybody gives her a hard time, right? You know, she she's not that good, but. You know, she's, she is constricted by what she published as what her fund does. She just can't go and do what she wants to do. So if your fund is a long bond fund, you have to buy long bonds, right? If your fund is a long short fund, you have to be long and short. You know, so you're, you're constrained by what you publish in your documents that you put out to, to people who buy your stuff. And so um, because... The people are going to make a decision whether they want to own gold or not. Like if you have a gold fund, you can't be mad at the fund manager for gold if gold's going down. That's his fund. You know, you're responsible for how much risk you're going to allocate to gold. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so that's why a lot of these people they're, they're kind of trapped by their own um, uh, their own their own market stuff. And so I don't have that. I'm an, I'm just an information guy. I'm an education guy. And so I can go out there and I can just tell you what people are buying and what people should be buying or will be buying or what people will be selling. And I just take it from there. And so, and that's why we can do well. And, you know, when you have a small account, when I'm in a small account, if you have like a million dollars or less, you're, you're five million or less, you're a small account. It gives you a lot of flexibility. And so that's what we do. And we, you know, and we just drive, we do the same thing. We have a bot for crypto too, Dave. So, um, you know, and what we love most of anything is we love volatility. Okay, so the markets are volatile; we can make money. The markets are flat. You know, um, you can make money, but it's it's not as easy as it, like what the market's done the last three weeks. You know, amazing. Is that what the amazing life life changing trades? Is that what the bot does for you? Is it uh, it takes the volatility curve and says this is the side you want to be on? Yeah, it's more than that. We look at we look at the um, like the Fed liquidity. Are they extracting money from the banking system? Are they putting money in the banking system? That's the number one determiner whether the stock market's going to go up or down. Then we look at the volatility curves. Then we look at levels, right where they are, and we use Fibonacci levels as our our um, our guide. And then within that, we look at momentum. I'm talking to you right now on the five minute spy. I'm watching as we're talking. Is that my bot is telling me that uh, if the price holds here over the next three minutes, I'm going to have a short-term buy order here. That if somebody takes the trade, they can make anywhere between two hundred and five hundred dollars in the next fifteen to twenty minutes. I'm waiting to see if it confirms. So that's kind of what what we do, um, and that's how we look at things. So our first very first thing is is the Fed extracting or bring, and Fed's been extracting money you know, for the last weeks, right? And uh, so why go long the market? You're going to get your head handed to you, right? Unless you're day trading it. And um, and then volatility has been picking up. Well, that's another thing telling you don't go long the market. You're going to get your head handed to you. Mm-hmm. And then you go into September. Don't go long the market. You're going to get your head handed to you. I mean, how many, you know, it's like God giving you a lifeboat, a, a raft, a helicopter to save you from fl- drowning in, you know, in the ocean, right? And, um, you know, but people still want to dive in the ocean. <laughs> so we just use our systems to keep ourselves out of trouble. And then from there, you find opportunities. Well, let's flip across uh, the capital and talk about the Federal Reserve. I think what they're doing with interest rates is insane. I'd like to get your take on this. Yeah, so people are confused. They think the Fed is, is out there trying to fight inflation. They're not. The Fed is out there fighting Russia. And what I mean by Russia is the alternative monetary system that's going to compete with the Western system. And so, you know, you have India and Russia and China and a few other countries, Brazil even, that are very intrigued with this de-dollarization monetary system, a multi, 
not a hegemony by the United States, but a multipolar world. Well, the United States said, screw that, and they just started jamming the dollar, right? And and basically they're applying uh, chemotherapy to this cancer called the Eastern Alternative, and they're going to try to kill it in the crib. So that's what this is. They're just they're making king dollar king, and and whoever opposing us, including China, will wreck your currency. Okay, and we've wrecked everybody's currency. Uh, every currency in the world is down against this. But ironically, oh, Russia for sure. But ironically, even the Mexican peso is actually doing okay with with the dollar. But everybody else is wrecked, totally wrecked. And and look what happened last night. Uh, when I went to bed last night, I thought I'd wake up tomorrow with the market actually limit down because the British pound collapsed last night. There, there was intervention somewhere along the line, intervened to keep the British pound from going below parity with the dollar. Now, you know, the British pound used to be 40% higher than the U.S. dollar, and now it's at parity. The euro is below the dollar now. Euro is going to go back to the German Deutsche Mark for, for Deutsche Marks to a dollar. You heard it here first, and so um, you, you know Europe is dead. So, yeah, so that's the Federal Reserve. So, uh, and they're not going to stop until they break something. But I think they broke something. So, <laughs> I don't think they want to blow their allies up. But, uh, but that's what they're doing. There's no financial reason why the interest rates need to keep going up because. If you look at oil, oil's been pretty flat, right? So, you know, they can justify a pause, but they're not. They're, they're trying to break something. And what they're trying to break is not not inflation in the U.S. They're trying to break uh, basically the, the Dragon Bears uh, new adventure in uh, new adventure in, in monetary um, hegemony. Well, interesting about uh, the pound. Uh, talk to me more about that. How bad is it? And is it uh, recoverable, well, or what's, what's going to happen here? Well, you know, well, the pound itself doesn't have a lot of reserves, so the pound can get really blown up. Look, you have countries that, unless you can produce your own food and produce your own energy, you're a vassal, okay? And how many countries in the world can claim that, right? You know, the United States can, Canada can, I would argue Mexico can, uh, Brazil can. Uh, Argentina can, uh, Australia can, New Zealand can, um, I, I can argue Israel can, and uh, and obviously um, China cannot, India cannot, Western rest of Western Europe cannot. Okay, and so either you have to have a commodity that you can export to be able to import the things that you need, or you're a vassal or a failed state. You know, I look at like countries like Turkey. Turkey is a mess. You know, they're trying to desperately find a, an ally here. They, that's why they keep swinging back from west to east to west to east. You know, but Turkey's like, they don't produce enough energy. They don't produce enough food. But what Turkey has is, is strategic geography, right? And so, um, so that's, that's the, uh, that's the issue around the world. That's the issue with Great Great Britain. Germany is the same way. Korea is the same way. Japan is the same way. You know, all these countries that have been dominating because they use mercantilism. Um the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Oh, that plank's been removed. And so, I mean, Germany, uh, you know, and, and I mean, they basically committed Harry Carey, um, you know, that following their, the leftist greens took him right into a grave. I, I don't think the people in Germany realize that that they're going to be subjected to third world yeah. living standards here in the next 10 years. Well, it's already happening because they're not getting the Russian natural gas, among other things. Let me um, 
go to uh, the Brits, how destabilizing will this be? Because I'm getting lots of reports, and I mean a lot, Bob, out of uh, London that troops are on the street. Um, is it going to be this bad where they got to move into some type of protective uh, custody or martial law? Well, I don't know how London's going to respond to it. All I can tell you is the math tells me that unless they can get their balance of payments under control and their budget under control, that um, the British pound will become worthless. And same with the euro, same with the yuan in China, and same with the yen in Japan. They're all subject to um, obliteration. Uh, You know, how people respond to that is anybody's guess. But I, I would imagine it wouldn't be good. Yeah, I, I would agree. Well, they're not on the street because things are uh, normal. But I'm telling you, th- these are from visual sightings. About 4% of my audience comes from uh, the U.K. So we do we do get pretty reliable reports from these people. A lot of them are in contact with me, and I do believe the reports. Uh, what do you make about the, the EU uh, with van der Leyen, the president of the EU, telling Italy... If you elect this uh, Georgie person, if you elect her, and she's kind of like a female version of Donald Trump, uh, if you elect her, we have tools to deal with this. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, she did it with Hungary, like reduced their allocation by $5 billion. And basically, she's trying to starve them out by using the budget of the EU. But that balance of power is starting to fade on them. You know, basically, the euro is what I call the Benelux plus France, right? You know, it's the it's the French, it's the Belgians, uh, probably the the you know the Germans, and nobody else um, is really that enamored with it anymore. So they're just just she's just trying to hold on to uh, just trying to hold on to power, and but it's going to blow up in her face. Remember, look. All Italy has to say is to Russia is that uh, we don't support sanctions and uh, we like your natural gas. And the next thing you know, Italy has natural gas at one half the price of Germany, right? <laughs> oh, that's where this is going. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So in Italy, they're not. For, they say normally they're for sanctions, but um, but you know they they can cut a deal. Hungary is basically saying this is this dog's not our fight, you know. And, um, and you know, so, you know, it's, it, it, that's the other thing Putin has. They're, they're gonna, he's going to fracture Italy, right? I mean, not Italy, Europe. You know, but the Italians hate, hate the northern, um, you know, the northern European uh, influence on their country. And so if they can poke their nose, poke their eye out, they will. And Van der Leyden's just trying to get in front of the story. Does she really have enough uh, bullets in the gun to change what's happening in Europe with Sweden going conservative, Italy going to go conservative, uh, Hungary? Can, can she stop it? I don't know. I mean, they're going to try, right? You know, when you've been entrenched in power for 50 years, you know, you don't give up on the first go, right? You you, you, you start exercising power politics, just like Biden here in the United States. They try to exercise power politics, and when you exercise power politics, you're going to find out really quickly whether or not you're strong enough. And, you know, we'll know in November, but uh, my suspicions are that the authoritarians overreached and they're going to have to take, go back into the cave for a while again. <laughs> well, I think you're probably right. But uh, going back into the cave, does he... Um so I, I'm trying to just get my mind around what you just said. Do you think that Hungary, Sweden, uh, Italy, and maybe others will cut their own deal with Russia? Well, I, you know, the Greeks already have, and uh, the Italians aren't going to be above cutting a deal, right? Because you know, number one is you heard her speech. It's like Italy first, right? Italian families first and so she's not going to be bothered one whit that you know if it's either Italian families or Ukrainian families she's going to go with Italian families right and so 
Yeah, I think that's that's what happens here when you get the fourth turning, right? Everybody goes local, and I think that's what the globalists don't get. You know, they they you know they thought they could stitch this together through basically the right the silver and lead approach. Well, people are at a point now where they're willing to absorb some lead to take back their silver, and I think um, I think you're seeing that. You've seen it in the United States too. You know. The, the pushback against the federal monstrosity and and in 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 you know, Europe is basically they're going to fracture back to the nation states again. So it's going to be um, you know maybe we live in interesting times. Yeah, we do. Um, here, here's something else that concerns me uh, since Europe is so important to us economically. If they don't make any adjustments, like uh, we see some breakaway trading with Russia, if they make no adjustments and hold the EU line uh, and Europe implodes, which it clearly is already in the process of doing that, how will that affect us here? Oh, man, we're in a no-lose situation, Dave. You already have um, companies in Europe moving their factories over to the U.S., because our natural gas is cheaper, our energy cheaper, our politics are more stable. And so Europe's loss is the United States gain. You know, if you think about it from a purely Machiavellian point of view, we got Europe and Russia draining each other of treasure and people while we sit back and our energy, we're exporting, we're the world's leading exporter of LNG right now. We're exporting oil into China. You know, we're exporting coal into other parts of the world. So, you know, we are in a position of strength. And and then we have the strongest dollar in the world, strongest military in the world. So we're a net beneficiary of this. And I'm not too sure that that's not part of the policy of the Federal Reserve to, to strengthen America at the expense of everybody else in the world. You got to remember for 50 years, we had an opposite policy, right? You know, it's um, sacrificed the dollar for influence. Mm -hmm. And now we're at the end of that. We're like, okay, now the the strong dollar is going to give us different kind of influence. So the United States is in good shape. Uh, Sorry for those listening that aren't in the United States, but the United States, you know, was always going to be a beneficiary here. You know, and especially if they blow out the leftists here in this country, will become even more stable. Is that, you know, obviously we have, that's why they're trying to flood our southern border, right? Because you can't be invaded anywhere else, anywhere else. You know, we haven't even tapped into our energy reserves yet. If push came to shove, okay, and uranium and nuclear is going to take more of a forefront. But even if you like solar and wind, we have plenty of resources that we can deploy solar and wind. And we have gas and natural gas, oil coming out of our ears, and we can produce enough food. So those are the most important things. America's Achilles heel economically is that we too much strategic manufacturing went over overseas, but I think that's already starting to come back too. So, and the biggest loser there is obviously China, right? So, uh, so we're fighting a war with Russia proxy. We're fighting a war with China proxy. And so, um, and like, unless anybody goes nuclear, the United States is going to win this. Do you think Putin's crazy enough to go nuclear? I don't think so. I think he is crazy enough that people think he's crazy enough to do it. But, you know, uh, somebody pointed out to me yesterday, which is interesting, is you know, from a purely, um, uh, um, I guess, the effectiveness of the weaponry is, you know, our Moab is as big as any nuclear artillery. So, you know, the, the Russians have some of those strategic assets they haven't used yet, right? You know, and so I can see Russia dropping Moabs, you know, into areas where there's no radiation, but the net effect is... And what a Moab, they call it the mother bomb, basically it's a thermobaric bomb, which basically gives you a big blast radius, but also sucks the oxygen, you know, out. So even if you're not in the blast radius, you can still be killed but through suffocation. And so Russia has those, those weapons. And so I can see him deploying those. You know, he only used one hypersonic missile so far, probably just to see if it worked. 
you know, he has those in reserves as well. So, you know, um, so yeah, so he's crazy enough to, I think, up the ante. And, and he's already started with the mobilization and he may, he may use that mobilization and drop Moabs where all the high Mars are sitting, right? And then attack. So, um, you know, if I was the Russian generals, that's probably the way I would do it. But, you know, I don't know how many weapons he has, but, but he'll definitely have the, but I don't think he doesn't need to go nuclear. It's pride victory, right? Well, I just, I, I, I think he's, uh, he could be put into the position of a cornered animal and then all bets are off. Um, I think if he feels his reign is threatened, then, uh, I think he'd become more desperate. And I don't think he's an empathic individual that cares about loss of life. No, he's not, but you gotta remember, you know, he's also, um, he's also selfish enough to not, you know, he, he doesn't want to die, right? So, um, so he, you know, he, he's gonna, he's, he's, he's a very calculating man, but he also knows how to push buttons in the West. The fact that you and I are talking about it means he's already succeeded. Hmm. Well, that's really interesting. Um, and I would agree with you. The fact that we are talking about it does mean he succeeded, uh, which gives us pause. But, but then again, too, you have to consider the variable of our leadership here in this country. Uh, yeah. They're held, at least in the Biden administration, they're hell bent for having a war. Look, I'm more worried about Biden pushing a button than I am Putin. So, I agree. Not, I, I could not agree with you more. Uh, Biden's reckless. Uh, I, I mean, and first of all, too, he's reckless because he's not in control of his own cognition and his own words. I mean, what leader comes out early in a conflict and says, yeah, regime change in Russia is what we're after? Uh, well, you've just taken away your negotiation. You've uh, invited your enemy to step up uh, what they're doing. That was crazy what he said. Look, I, you know, um, Biden's a loose cannon, and um, yeah. you know, hopefully, Republicans will box him in, and then his own party will probably try to exit him out. You know, obviously they're they're, they're they have a hard on for um, for Gavin Newsom, and um, and so we have um, we have that to uh, to keep an eye on and. You say whatever you want to say about Gavin Newsom, which, you know, I live in California, so nothing ever good, but he's a rational actor, right? Where Biden is not a rational actor. Look, he didn't even know whether he was going to give a speech or not. He didn't know where his cue cards were. I mean, he literally is being run by somebody else. And so we don't know that person's agenda, right? And so that's an issue that we have to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's really true. Um so what do you see happening in the election? Do you think there will be a red wave? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything we're seeing, you know, the fact that you don't hear any of it on the Internet means that the Republicans are winning in most races, right? So back in August when the polling suggested otherwise, you know, Beto O'Rourke was going to beat Abbott, you know, the other girl was going to beat Carrie Lake, Fetterman was going to trounce Dr. Oz. You know, Tim Ryan was going to beat J.D. Vance. I mean, the list goes on and on. Now, none of those guys are leading anymore. All the Republican guys are, quote-unquote, either leading. Like, Abbott's up by seven points. Well, you can just end that election right now, all right? <laughs> and, you know, Carrie Lake is, uh, what a breath of fresh air she is. And so she's likely to win. And... And now, you know, J.D. Vance went from being down 10 or something to now, you know, up slightly, which means he's winning. You know, just everybody knows if if a Republican's in the margin of victory, that means they won. Okay, because they've always slant, they always slanty things. And so you have, uh, um, I think, potential to, you know, run, basically run the tables here. Um, There's very few Republicans that are at risk of losing to Democrats. So and the only thing about Pennsylvania that is unknown to me is that mm. you got Philadelphia in there. And yeah. and so 
Philadelphia is kind of there, how, how do we put it? It's, Phil- it's not a paradigm of virtue. Yeah, I know the, that. The, it's, well, first of all, it leads the country in murder rate, and uh, uh, the leadership there is horribly corrupt. So yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying. So uh, yeah, there, but everywhere there, else, there are wild yeah. there are wild cards everywhere uh, for reasons that we can't discuss. But um, that's. Oh, by the way, Walker in, in Georgia is ahead, is ahead of Warnock now. Yeah, I saw, so. I saw that. But here, here's the other thing, though, too. We can't discount the rhino factor. And let me just tell you two quick stories. First of all, this is absolutely 100% true. I have verified this every which way. Um, in fact, actually, Senator Rick Scott even validated about 90% of what I said on Fox News. He came on recently and said that Mitch McConnell was sabotaging eight Republican senatorial races, and he was saying by bad-mouthing, leaking information to WAPO and the New York Times, and I went further, and I said, he's not releasing campaign funds, and we went absolutely ballistic on this on on, uh, our other outlets, and we actually showed some movement. I've been told by a couple of staffers that we kind of moved the needle on this that uh, McConnell was forced to actually open up the purse book a little bit. Herschel Walker was canceling TV ads, as was J.D. Vance, because of Mitch McConnell. That's one story, the rhino factor. The rhino factor is also rearing its head in another area. It's called the Journalism Competition and Protection Act. And Ted Cruz, I thought, had saved the day by introducing an amendment to Amy Klochebar's bill that said, uh, we'll allow... Uh, antitrust action from big media and big tech, but we won't allow you to discuss, um, um, well, essentially censorship. And uh, it looked like he had stopped it. And now all of a sudden he's done a 180, and he says he and Klochabar have reached an agreement, and there's no word about protecting the alternative media. And you know who's also in on this? Rand Paul's in on this. Uh, although they say he's on the fence, but he's in on it. Um, John Kennedy was a co-sponsor, the guy from Louisiana. Uh, and and uh, so you got Ted Cruz. All these rhinos, all these rhinos are really scaring me that there may be a red wave, but the old saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same, may come into play. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think... Um when politicians smell a victory, they're going to try to get on the right side of it. And I think McConnell is seeing now the polling data, the real polling data, and he's going to get in front of it because he wants to maintain his position as Senate Majority Leader. So I think you'll see the money being released. And, um, and you know, the thing is, too, we don't know how much stuff is – some of the stuff is PSYOP stuff, too. So what I mean by that is – you know, everybody wants to suppress somebody else's vote, right? And so you have a, you have a situation where uh, you put the Democrats' guard down saying, oh, McConnell's not even supporting this, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, he shoves all the money into the races on the last, you know, four to six weeks when they matter the most. Uh, not that I'm a McConnell's fan. I try to just look at every side of this thing because somebody said that, he wasn't releasing funds, and then he threw $8 million into Dr. Oz's hands. So now it might be some of the pressure that you're putting on him through your audience, but whatever, he's, I think he's sensing the tea leaves, and, you know, he wants to be relevant, right? So, you know, you have to go talk to the king and put your hat out to get money, and, and he wants to be the kingmaker. So that's kind of how I view it. Yeah, I just don't trust the rhino factor. Well, of course, yeah, I, I don't. It was, it, well, I'll give you an example of how bad it is. Now, Liz Cheney is out, but she's already announced she's campaigning for the Democrats. That's the rhino factor being exposed. Yeah, you know, and all the people that are screaming are the ones that have already, their political careers are now over, so they're just kind of, um, uh, I. it's just like, you know, um, you found out you're grounded and you're screaming up in your bedroom right now. Okay. So that's what she's doing. She's screaming up in her bedroom. Her political career is over. So she's going to try to take as many people down as she thinks she can. They asked Carrie Lake about it. She said, oh, that's wonderful. She said the people in Wyoming couldn't stand her. I can't imagine the Arizonans will, you know. 
No, I know. <laughs> and so, you know, you're going to turn this into a virtue, I think. I hope you're right. Well, okay, so going forward now, um, I think the market's going to continue to be volatile. How about trade genius? Because volatility is your friend. Talk to me about what you see in the future for your company. Yeah, so the probabilities tell us that uh, between now and the election, the market should get um, should get bought. Now, it's going to be bifurcation. You know, there's going to be winners and losers there. But uh, generally, uh, going into the election, you, you have a bid, especially a midterm election, especially a Democrat midterm election, first president midterm election. And so our expectation here is um, this sell-off has been pretty brutal, and we're going to probably see another bear market rally. I think after the election, then we're going to roll back down and start the recessionary uh, valuations. <laughs> you can hear the birds. Yeah, it's funny. I can hear them. Yeah, yeah, they're agreeing with you. Yeah, it's a, it's no longer pitch black out here now. <laughs> Remember, I'm three hours behind California. That's true. Oh boy, that, so, that this um, was an early yeah. call. Yeah. Yeah. So we're um, so that's what we're looking at. And um, going into the end of the month, there's a chance for a, a massive squeeze because of the, what's called the rebalancing. And um, and you have the Federal Reserve kind of let out their playbook for us, uh, is that they, they, they see right now inflation, their, their inflation rate at 4.5%. It's kind of a blended, okay? Don't, don't take that as a CPI number. That's how they're looking at things on a go-forward basis. So to them, neutral is 4.5% 10-year. And that number is coming down every month a day based on the way they calculate things. So I say we're probably pretty close for them not raising interest rates anymore. Okay, And once I think people see that in one of the Fed meetings here in the next two that are coming up, is then you'll, you'll see basically a relief rally. And then it's going to be like, oh, oh, no, what does the Fed know? about how weak the economy is, and then we'll probably go into recession. 2023, we'll see a new low in the market. They, with all this all this activity, Dave, all this bad news, we didn't make a new low, which also hits the, our probabilities for an election year, is that the low in June held and is holding right now. And our view is that that probability is going to hold, hold, hold forth, and we're going to make a new low in 2023, but we're going to get a probably a pretty substantial rally before then. So what does this mean for you guys? It just means more money. Um, What's that? I mean, when we look at you know, people who are doing what you're doing, which is not worrying about uh, investor profiles and satisfying the SEC regulations to, you know, all that nonsense that keeps people from making money. Um, what does this current condition mean for you? I would say it looks very favorable. Yeah, look, I mean, we're going to pivot to long energy and long long markets here for the next six to ten weeks. And, uh, and then probably when you get to really the meat of the um, uh, the meat of the employment, the um, earnings reports here at the end of October and November, I think we'll see a pivot right after the election back down into a sell mode. Yeah, But yeah. we definitely have a couple weeks of, I think, of uh, another market squeeze. Yeah, very, very interesting. You know, there's one period I, I fear. Let's say the red wave is successful. I really fear how Biden and his deposed friends will act between the election and inauguration day for the new reps and new senators. I think it's going to be really uh, a hell of a ride here. Well, let's let's take a look at how people can take advantage of what you're doing, because you're clearly way ahead of the curve, way ahead. You're having record profits. You're making money where other people are cowering in the corner. So, uh, again, what can people do to become part of Trade Genius? Yeah, just go to tradelikeagenius.com. And you can call us, chat with us, uh, email us, and pick one of the bundles or or look for anything that's non-bundled, 50% off, promo code FALL. Uh, and we'll help you get into the right. You just call. We, my, my salesperson will help you determine what's the best package for you and um, take advantage of it. You know, you get access to our chat room. You get access to our algorithm. You get access to the bot. 
you get access to our training. So it's a pretty complete package for, and what we charge for the service is nothing compared to what you get out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so com. I think you'll love and it. And this expires on Saturday. This, uh, the, these yeah. discounts expire Saturday. And so you have until yeah. then. Is it, is it, yeah. Saturday, the 1st of October. I think it is, or it's the 30th. Yeah. The co- you know, like, coupon code is, uh, fall. So that's right. folks, take advantage of this right now. Take advantage where you can. Uh, you're talking to a guy who's making money in this crazy environment right now and has been doing it consistently. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your breadth of knowledge. You've really, I think, enriched our knowledge on what's going on economically in the world. No, Dave, thanks for having me. Have a great take day. Care. Enjoy Hawaii. Thank you. Bye-bye. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground. will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.